to another episode of the Dude from Los Angeles podcast. Today in your very lovely kitchen, we're, I, I have the, the, the chefs of Eastside Eats. Hello, hello. Introduce yourself, guys. Hi. Hi. Oh my gosh. So you have Jose and Trudy from Eastside Eats LA. So excited to be here. Oh, I'm so happy to have you guys here. Yes, we are. I'm so happy to be here. I should say I don't have you guys here. I, I am the one that you're having here because... We are having another meal. This is this is a wonderful night because this is this is the place where Friendsgiving took place, and you guys cooked up by far probably it, it, not probably the best fucking Thanksgiving dinner I've ever had. Aw, thank you. Thank you very yeah. much. Yeah, and that's real. That's real. I, I I was telling Jose when I was we're at Sarah's Market, and I was like, dude, we we went to Zion. And there, there was this fucking restaurant called, yeah, I don't want to call it, I don't want to say where, but I think people will figure it out. There's only one. And last year, me and my lady got like freaking skunked out of this restaurant. And because there was no reservations left this year, we made a reservation a year in advance. We go, we, we eat this, this pre-set dinner. And the whole time I'm eating it, I'm going like, well, this isn't as good Aww. as that. And, and, and way more fucking expensive. I was like, oh shit. Everything, but it was just like the, the, the stuffing wasn't as great. The, the mashed potatoes were just, uh, you know, and every one of those categories, you guys just fucking, you Thank know, you. those camote things, I don't know, the, the sweet potato. Th- I keep saying that. What, yeah. what did you guys do that day? <clears throat> I, want a, I want an explanation. Not, not, not a giveaway of like, of course, yeah, no, we had, um, I'm not a big fan of sweet potatoes, so we definitely wanted to do something that would kind of be different than your standard sweet potato. And so we did two types. We did boniato sweet potatoes, which are a Japanese sweet potato. It's a white one, and it's usually a lot um, denser, so you usually have to salt roast them, and that's what we did. And then we scooped out all the insides. And then we whipped it with a red sweet potato that we had also roasted, and then we we, um, piped that back into the shells of the uh, red sweet potatoes. Mm -hmm. And then that way, and then we did like a... Uh, like a pie crust kind like of crumble, crumble over the a top. Crumble, they had yeah. that crumble on top was mm-hmm. insane. It was so yummy. Like what you and would have on a cobbler, same exact thing. We just put it on top of that. And oh, yeah. unlike what you usually get, which is like a brown sugar and cinnamon flavor, we decided to take it back to the roots. And instead of doing brown sugar, we did lechetta. Oh. And that's what you were getting because it was making it super like light and whipped. And that's why the consistency was so much better. And it was just, it was like eating candy. Oh, it was, it was definitely like eating fluffy, yeah. sweet potato-y candy. Yeah. Not to mention the fact that <clears throat> we were really picky when we only used baby um, boniatas or yams or sweet potatoes, whatever it is that we're using. Uh-huh. So we use really small ones. We try to keep away from the ones that are like football size, you know, you know, oh, okay. see at the grocery stores. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And that helps a lot too. At least we think. Yeah. You know, so oh, yeah. they, they were cook quicker. Size. Yeah, they cook quicker. They they're tender. They're nice. You know, anything you know? younger is usually more tender. Hey yo. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about like veal and stuff. Good lord. Veal's <laughs> veal's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Like, you can find some young Yeah. Hey man, it's hard. That's not where I was going. It's weird, man. You, I don't think you can do that nowadays. You know, like, like a young lamb. Be, yeah. Young lamb is yeah. way better than like old mutton. Like, like an lamb. old goat. Yes, exactly. That's what I was going with. That. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
happy. You feel bad for the little lamb. Of no, course. No, you don't. Maybe, I don't I know. mean, that's yeah. what they're bred for, and I get it, and that's going to piss off a lot of vegan people right now, but that's okay. Our, our big thing is whatever proteins we're using, or vegetables. Even, or vegetables. or It's any. just about treating them with respect. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, you, uh, <clears throat> that's one of the things that we really big on. And there's a place for, like, fully grown sweet potatoes, you know? If we're doing, like, a puree for, like, the masses, like, that's ah. what you use for that. But for something that's, like, smaller more intimate where we're allowed to put fine like dining touches on it we obviously are going to go and try to get something that's more uniform it's going to cook the same way that's going to have the same mouthfeel from the first bite to the very last bite no matter if you're taking it from the first table that's being served or the last table that's being served and that's why it's consistent all the way through all the way through yep. yeah the, the way that you guys made it, it was fluffy you know it was like mm-hmm. it, it had some fluff to it you know it was like just yeah, whipped the freaking potatoes. Just all the air all just whipped. whipped, and it's just like on the stovetop. And you're just whipping it. Oh, jeez, yeah. so much effort. That was that was that life changing. That was great. It was so great. It was great to have food here, and then it, it's it, it's great to come to a podcast, and you guys have set up a spread already. <laughs> uh, I think like, we were more excited about that than we had like not planned about anything of what we were going to talk about, or had no idea what we were going into. And I was like, "What are we going to make?" And he was just like. Uh, what do you mean? I was like, we should make food and like have stuff to eat. <laughs> That's so hilarious, man. That's so hilarious because it, it never well, ends. I mean, yeah. you guys were out. I just saw this interaction and I wanted to talk about it. <laughs> you were grabbing a spoon. You're like, let me grab a spoon and taste this. And you guys have having a conversation about cheeses and cotija and it was different from what other cheese? Pecorino. Pecorino. Pecorino see? Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not qualified to have this conversation. Oh, I mean, it's like the same thing, essentially, but, you know, cotija doesn't get used as much because it's known as, like, a cheaper cheese because it hasn't been aged for as long, and it's also not used in mainstream cooking a lot. Mm. It's coming around a lot more now, but it's also something that he grew up with, like, in the neighborhood eating, and I've been eating for, I don't know, like, 20 years, but, like... It's just something that we love, and now we just have the chance to incorporate it in different ways than it's being used, you know? Instead of it just being, like, put on a sandwich or anything like that, it's, like, being put on top of polenta with a mushroom sogu. Sogu. Delicious. Let's pour it out real quick, and we'll, we'll be right back, just so we don't hear all that crazy noise. Sure. And we're back. Um, yeah, so we got this dish. We got dishes i don't even know how to say it uh what's the yeah what's the plural of dish yeah just dishes. dish eye dish eye <laughs> yes. yes but we got these we got spread and it what is this a regular thing for y'all like when you guys make food is it is it always cerebral is it sometimes just I, cheap chinese food Real Sometimes quick. obviously it's just cheap Chinese food because majority love of the cheap time. Chinese food. But yeah. even even if we're cooking something at the kitchen, um, I think that all of us try to like do something that do something that's going to showcase what we can do. Uh huh. You know, and obviously impress the cooks around us. You know, because we we all love cooking. You know, so mm-hmm. it's not we're not just like dumping food in a pot and. And cooking a meal because in the kitchen, family meals are you know that's dumping it into a pot and cooking yeah, and at a lot of kitchens. It, it's just they'll take uh-huh. the leftovers, the scraps, whatever, and they would choose somebody. And it's like okay, then everybody breaks at the same time. Uh-huh. You ha- you know you have lunch, but you know um, for us it's, it's a big deal. So I try to make something nice so that we can all sit down and have a salad, have a good meal, and then 
get back to work. It helps that we are a three-person company. Yeah. <laughs> We're not really feeding a lot of people every Wait, day like that, but who's, who's it makes it a three? lot of fun. Sergio. Oh, okay. Our Sergio, yeah. Um, we told him to come out, but he's still at the kitchen cleaning and stuff. So. Oh, very cool. Um, Somebody asked, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's how it goes. All right, well, let's, let's dig let's in. I think we'll just go. try to dig into it as we yeah. go. Absolutely. Um, so many treats on the table. Yeah, this is definitely oh, yeah. the. If you are fucking high right now, <laughs> this is or where you plan you'd on want getting. Or high. plan on getting high. Plan on getting high. This is where you'd want to be. <laughs> we've got like creamy polenta, and then we've got rice krispie treats right next to like peanuts in the shell and Reese's cups. Oh man, it's like everything you'd need it to be. So, the polenta comes from Anson Mills, which is the best uh, polenta in the country by far. Really. Yeah, you have to uh, order them, and then they grind it. They like whatever your order is, they'll grind for you and they'll ship it. So nothing's pre-done, and it's so and it just they ship it all over the country. Oh damn! So yeah. what? It, what's quick explanation for those that don't know? What is polenta? It's it's a grain that's just milled. Mm-hmm. It's an ancient okay. grain. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. it's milled out. Yeah, God, damn. And the millet cornmeal. Oh, cornmeal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Yeah, I've heard that one. And then it's just and we. Throw it in with some cheese. Yeah, we cooked it with um, some stock and some cotija cheese, oh, and then yes. some. Yes, uh, just finished it off with some butter and a little bit of heavy cream, and it's topped with a uh, sugo. Mm-hmm. I always get it wrong. I always want to call it a ragu, but it's a sugo, and it's cooked. Okay, um, it's cooked <laughs> with ground plate. pork. No, that's fine. Just give me, <laughs> give me the whole plate. <laughs> if you guys are watching this. Say it wasn't stopping. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> hey. You didn't say when. Yeah, I didn't say. I, I wasn't was gonna. Waiting. That's I cool. wasn't gonna. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a sugo made with ground pork and uh, mushrooms oh, and red wine and tomato, and it was cooked for about three and a half hours all together, and it like kind of cooks the red wine into it, and it, uh-huh. you know, so and then it's topped with our cotija, cotija cheese because it's our favorite. Damn, cheers. Enjoy. It's like a dip. What were you tasting when you dipped in? It looked like you were breaking down Um, the cheese. We're looking for Mm -hmm. uh, like salt content, Mm -hmm. like um, on both the items. Mm. And then Mm -hmm. we take into consideration the fact that we're going to top with a salty cheese as well. Okay. So, you know, I tasted the polenta to make sure it's buttery and creamy enough that the salt content is where it needs to be. Then the, then the sugo, same thing. We made sure that, you know, that things where it needs to be flavor-wise for us, flavor profile, and then placed it on the, you know, so when we combine it and serve it, it doesn't mean anything. Okay. Because you go to a lot of restaurants. Yeah. And, you know, the in thing now is not to have salt on the table, you know, because the whole premise behind that is that it's coming to you the way the chef wants it plated mm-hmm. and done, right? Mm-hmm. But the problem is... um. I don't think a lot of people in, in the kitchen now are tasting what they're putting out. Oh. So it always comes out bland or, yeah. you know. Yeah, that's so. real. Is yeah. it? I mean, you get older, you, you want more salt, right? Like, is that, that's me? I, I, lately, I've been um, throwing a bunch of salt on things. It, it feels that way. But a lot of it, it depends on, like, your diet. Do you smoke? Mm-hmm. That's a big one. You know, if you smoke, you're gonna, your salt content's going to be higher. Oh, okay. Because you're uh, damaging the, uh, your uh, taste. taste buds, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. So, okay. you know, we just like to make sure that our food tastes good. Yeah. So that when we present it, it, like, 
it gives people that wow factor, you know? Oh, yeah. They do say that every seven years, your body goes through, like, a major change where, you like, your flavors change and, like, what you crave changes. You start liking guys. Stuff <laughs> like that, you know? Hey, man, it happens, all right? <laughs> Sometimes it just takes a turn, Yeah, right? exactly. Like, every seven years. You like, never know. It's like Russian roulette. Like, hey, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> I never noticed you before. <laughs> Six years ago, I mean, it was just you were like, like, hey, you were just one guy. of the guys. <laughs> now you're the guy. <laughs> God damn, I'm going to put a, can I put a chip Do in? Handle. There's no rules. There's right? no, no rules. rules. There's no rules. Mm. There are just no rules. Mm. <clears throat> Came out really good though together. Mm-hmm. I'm really proud of it. Yeah. It's delicious. So this I've been is, watching um, Chef's Line, mm. which is an Australian cooking show mm-hmm. on Netflix. And they had this whole week where they just like made like polenta and like ragu or, or one whole episode that that's all they made. Mm-hmm. And they go up against like this famous restaurant and it's all home cooks going up against them. And then they get to pick in a blind test, taste testing who wins. Who's who? And so I essentially took all four contestants ragu and then I combined it to make this sugo mm-hmm. recipe. And I was like, but how do we make it our own? And so I like just kept working with it until it became this recipe. That's how it became the cotija. Yes. Sprinkle, sprinkle. And today's the first time it's being debuted. And that's a delicious dish, man. Yeah. Oh, I could yeah. sell it anywhere. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So. If you showed up to get that, I mean, yeah. that's, that's... We should put it on the um, on the Valentine's Day pop-up when oh, we do yeah. it here. Yeah, yeah. And do it in little cups. Mm-hmm. And so it's individual uh, portions. And yeah. we should have, like, mm-hmm. small bites everywhere. People would crush that. Mm-hmm. Where they would just grab small bites and stuff. That'd be fun. Don't put that many cheese because people are going to try to get it on yeah. later on that night. <laughs> I mean, yes. you don't know the I totally get that. I totally get that. Yeah. Unless that's what they're looking for that night. And then you're like, all right, cool. Well, have yeah. fun, bro. Yeah, handle. Because just like Friendsgiving, we're going to do a pop-up here on February 8th. Uh-huh. And we're going to do like a Valentine's Day themed oh, one. So we're like trying to plan like the menu and maybe do like uh-huh. games and stuff and uh-huh. make it like a thing. Of course. So, yeah, I'm excited. Oh, I wanted to fun. ask you guys, how'd you, and, and, and I'll, and I'll go, I'll go clockwise, right? How'd you get into cooking? Brother? Oh yeah. Um, how did this be, a, how did this become my, my moment <clears throat> was I was a kid and like most kids growing up in East LA, me and my brother were latchkey kids. You know? Yeah. Same here. So we were always feeding ourselves. Did you grow up here? Yeah. I grew up here in Boyle Heights, East LA. Mm-hmm. And, um. I grew up up the street. Up, up uh, Rowan. Okay. Past Folsom, like just right up that okay, way. Okay, yeah, yeah. I grew up always coming uh, Michigan right over here. Oh, there you go, Michigan. And um, I uh, was, we were watching TV one time, and they made the sandwich, and it was a bagel sandwich with a toothpick and an olive on top. And I was a little kid, man. I might have been like 10 or 11. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was like, I can do that. So I ran into the kitchen, and I made a bagel sandwich, <laughs> and I topped it with a toothpick. Mm-hmm. And an olive. The only difference was my mom would recycle her toothpicks. Like if she made taquitos, she'd put, she'd put them, she'd roll the tortilla, put the toothpick in there and then fry them. And then mm-hmm. when they'd come out, she'd pull the toothpick out, obviously, so no one eats it. Yeah. And then she would save it for like a later date so she can redo it again. No way. <laughs> so all her toothpicks were But they're were like out. a thousand for a dollar. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. I get you. I get Old you. world, man. I know. I and know. Uh, Tougher times. So my mom's... My mom had like this little like cubby in her in her drawer that had like hundreds of used toothpicks, dude. Really? <laughs> and they're all like in all these stages dude, of talk- burnt. Oh my god! You know? 
Uh-huh. You were talking about a chef making you take your spoon with you in your yeah. pocket. In my pocket. And then, and then did, did you not say, that's gross? Yes. <laughs> you totally did. So I literally, like, I remember taking that sandwich, making it, and then going, like, hey, I made it, you know? Yeah. And I, that's when I was just like, I can do this. I'd always cook after that. My sister was an amazing cook, and um, she made some great meals for us growing up. Mm-hmm. So um, I just always had a knack for it. You know, and then I remember when I was working at this coffee shop that did coffee in the morning and then became like, became a bistro for lunch and for dinner. Okay. And they hired this chef, the dude had just graduated from, or recently graduated from the Cordon Bleu. Um, and, oh, not, well, whatever the Cordon Bleu was called before, it was like School of Culinary Arts or something in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. And the guy had a chain around his waist and he had like a leather holster and all his knives hanging from his waist and he would roll his own cigarettes and I was like, that guy's cool. <laughs> and he was all, like him. Yeah, and he was all tatted down. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I can do that. I can do that. So I went into cooking, man. Mm-hmm. And I've been cooking since I was 16 years old. No way. Yeah. No way. It, it's crazy how those little moments you're talking about, you, you know, topping your sandwich and yeah. making it fancy. I remember, I remember somebody telling me about, like, cutting this freaking sandwich the long way. And I was like... No way, like, why would you do that? It's like, you eat more, like, of the good stuff. And then ever, ever, ever since then, you just start cutting all these fucking sandwiches and stacking it. Just that little look. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. And then it freaking led you down a path. Yeah, You know, it, just it that does. little olive, boom. No, it did, absolutely. And I guess I can remember that from being a little kid. Mm-hmm. And just knowing, like, looking back, knowing that that moment changed my life. Just putting a damn olive on my mom's burnt toothpicks, you know? Oh, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Take that. Take that part home. Take yeah. That. Take that part home. Yeah. Just that's it. That's, that's yeah. That's who you are, man. Yeah. It's it's cooking. All right. Sure. I'm sure you have a similar story. I don't think my story. story is anything like that. I just no. really like to cook. And okay. I had a mom that didn't know how to cook at all. Really. And now she's a great cook. She's phenomenal. But before, Did you teach her? no, no. She used to make like nachos in a microwave and. All of her spaghetti would be like mush. I still eat my yeah. spaghetti like that. It drives them crazy. Really? Because no al dente, just straight up. I mean, most of the time it's always al dente now. But if I'm like, if we're super, having it like at like, the kitchen or whatever, mm-hmm. and it's like so overcooked. If it's just me eating it, not for it's everybody. Cool. It's soggy. It's like it's stuck all, together. It's like all stuck and stuff. It's just like you pick it up with a fork and it falls. Yeah. Oh yeah. Essentially. No, it's, yeah. yeah. It sticks, man. It's so yeah. bad. If but you save it for the following day, like it becomes a big block. <laughs> a, big, a big block. You can't save mm-hmm. that. No, mm-hmm. that's gone now. It's paste. So um, but I always cooked because of that. Like I would always be like, oh, I'll volunteer to do like Thanksgiving dinner or Christmas dinner, and I'll like read all these books about it, and I'll get all excited and. I just remember always wanting to do that. And it was just, um, I used to do a lot of like writing for it. Like I had my own food column in college when I was in uh, Cal State Fullerton and it was called Pleasing the Palate with Patel. What? (laughs) Oh no. Dude. And I would make like college friendly recipes like spaghetti pizza Mm -hmm. and like really ridiculous like ramen burgers. And Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Um, and like really easy, cheap eats. And I would write about it on the, co- in the college newspaper on like a weekly basis and stuff. And yeah, it was like fun. And then like, I would, um, I used to just cook a lot for my friends and my family. And mm. after I went to Cal State Fullerton, I was like, okay, well, so then I went to Cordon Bleu and 
then I met him, and that's history now. <laughs> when we were in culinary school, <clears throat> excuse me, one of the teachers was, or one of the chefs, I'm sorry, was like, man, how long have you guys known each other? You know, I've, you know, you guys should definitely. Four months. You know, you guys really? should definitely go and start cooking together. Mm-hmm. And it just like, we had, a, we had a great dynamic in the kitchen from day one. And um, I'll never forget that people would always notice. Like, hey, man, you guys need to go into business together. You guys need to cook together. You guys need to do something together. You guys have that connection. And, uh, um, yeah, they, they were dead on because no matter what's happened in our lives, we've always been able to walk into a kitchen and cook. You know? Sometimes not the happiest yeah. uh-huh. at each other, to be honest with you, right? But we get it done. Yeah. And we, we just we push out a good meal. Oh, I believe it. I believe it. I've... I've I've had your food for a while now. You know, the, the times I had your chicken sandwiches, I mean, that to me was... the ba- I, th- There were t- two times where I thought you were going to be there and I, and you weren't. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even bring so a So disappointing. <laughs> but when I went there and I did have a backup, I said, fuck my salad and tuna. <laughs> That's right. I was like, I'm still getting that motherfucking sandwich. God damn. What is it like... To find somebody that you gel with in the kitchen, what is that like? Is that just like, does it look like a beautiful ballet with knives in a nice way? In, Not, I would. Yes. Can I answer that? In the yes. in the front, oh, yeah. like uh, I'm sorry, in the front, like like in the front of the house where the client is. Yeah. That's what they see that beautiful valet. Or valet. The valet. Oh, the valet. Beautiful, yeah. Imagine take him with us too. Brad Pitt, yeah, the, the sexy guy taking your Buick. But in, but in the back, we're both very. We both are very opinionated and we both know what we like and we both know what we don't like. And there's definitely, there always has to be a, you know, like, okay, well, we'll do it this way because, you know, we have to meet in the middle, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, it's always worked. Sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's like, you know, it's, it's been hard. It depends on what the recipe is. It's like is any relationship. Dynamic. Yeah. It just it's, takes like, it's taken practice and, a lot of anger <laughs> and a lot of me yelling and like storming out of places and throwing a fit. Oh yeah. I can Whoa. get so crazy. It's bad. Uh, it doesn't happen as often. It was happening. It can happen though. And you know, like it's going to happen and yeah. things are going to like, but at the end of the day, it's like, I got a call the other day from food network and they're like, Oh, we want you to come out and do such and such. Um, food show competition and I was like great is it a team show and they're like um, sometimes but we just want you and I was like nope you get both of us or you get none of us like that's just the way it goes because yeah. at the end of the day like I'm not gonna sit there and not be like, like we could be in a kitchen and it's like okay we have to make this today and we can just I can go through it and just be like this 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 and this and then this this and this and, this, and we just and it we just it just falls into place like it's just like it's like gears that just kind of come together and it makes sense and it's like why would I not set myself up for success right 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 by not taking my like so it's like and that happened on that happened early on those four months where people yeah. when you guys were first <clears throat> yeah we got together, like just... lumped into like a group project once and then that was it it was just yeah. like you after were... that it was like pick your team and it's like done got it I uh-huh. think we've been in school for probably about six months and we had never really been really said a word to each mm-hmm. other. Like, it was just like, I didn't even know, I, I kind of knew your name, but, but it's I, very difficult yeah, to pronounce. like, 
I'd never known a shruti. I'd never, I'd never had Jesus a friend. Yeah, so hard. Yeah, dude, it's not freaking. It's um, not Jose Vasquez. But it, 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 it even bothers me today when people get her name wrong. I'll, cor- she won't correct them, but mm-hmm. I will. Mm-hmm. And I, I was shruti. Sh- 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 oh yeah. Like I could never get her name because I didn't want to be rude and mispronounce it, so I just I never got it. And yeah, it was we were in English class, and when we ended up, you know, they everyone picked teams, and she ended up like. We ended up somehow on a team together, mm. and that was like six months in the school, seven months, and then after that, we were just like, you know, it clicked. Damn. Yeah, but prior to that, like, we'd see each other every day, and we'd never say a word. Uh-huh. It's really hard to make friends at 6.30 in the morning. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm just saying. You barely know the freaking name of the person giving you the start. Yeah. And the you counter. have to hold knives, and you have to start chopping, and it's oh. like... I need to concentrate on this. And then you have teachers who are like, hey, bro, you cut that wrong. Go next door and get the potato glue. We have to start all over at like 6.30 in the morning. And you're like, is this real? No, it's not real. It's just teachers hazing you constantly. (laughs) So just put it back together. I was like, chef, you're out of brown sugar. That's okay. Take granulated sugar. Cook it in the oven until it's really like melty. And you got brown sugar. I was like, that sounds wrong. (laughs) You're out, there, you're out there catching things on fire in the oven. <laughs> Burning sugar Burning constantly. Sugar. It's like, oh my God. It's oh, just hazing. Such jerks, man. There is meat glue, though. Is there there meat is glue? meat glue. There is meat glue. Yeah. Meat yeah. binder? Like that? Yeah, they kind use it of. on fish and they use it on, on steak all the time. What? What do you mean all the time? <clears throat> yeah, like restaurants. Like, uh-huh. And I'm talking like super high end restaurants. I got too. shivers. Holy Michelin shit. star restaurants. It, it is, it, all it does is if you, perfect <clears throat> example, if, if, you're, if you're portioning out. Uh, filet mignon, right? Filet mignon gets really to a point on one end. I mean, it comes through, literally to a point. Uh-huh. So what they'll do is they'll cut a piece, they'll slice it open like a book, and so that way it looks bigger. Like the weight is still what it's supposed to be, mm-hmm. but because it's small, it looks just visually, it looks wrong. So you'll slice it open like a book and then put the the glue in there and then just put it together and then... You get that. They do it with fish all the time too, with the ends of the fish. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's edible? It's yeah. just it's keeps one the of... tissue together. Yeah. What the fuck, man? Yeah, yeah. And like I said, every, and it's not like they're doing it at McDonald's, right? They're doing right. it at the biggest restaurants, Michelin restaurants, you know. It's oh a, man. It's common practice. It's not bad. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's not bad. It's not like, like they're, like, we... they're like, get the gorilla glue. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's all natural. Okay. And it's just there to like offer uniformity so like the meat yeah. will cook properly instead uh-huh. of like uneven. So like you cut into your steak and half of it's like well done and the other half yeah. is like that perfect. That does happen. Yeah. So, and then like they've used it for like if you're combining, um, like sometimes they do these really cool uh, like meat or like fish dishes where they're like carpaccio. They're like carpaccio and they're like, um, they do like a red fish and a white fish. Mm-hmm. And then they glue it together so it looks like a checkerboard. And it's because you're like putting it together. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to slice it. And it's like, it's something that I saw an old chef of mine um, do one time. And it's the only time I've ever gotten to use meat glue. But it was like the <laughs> coolest thing I'd ever seen. I was like, this is amazing. And that was like right out of culinary school. And I was like, so amazed. Yeah, that is pretty. You're, we're on the cutting edge. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. And it's cool because, like she said, you're looking at different proteins uh-huh. in one, you know? And you're like, how the hell are they doing that? Yeah, that's got to be that's got to be mind blowing. I haven't had yeah. that. I haven't. I got to go to the different places then yeah. where where they're offering that kind of thing. What is it? Um, 
where where did you guys work after culinary school? Did you guys come together somewhere? Um, do you want to start since? Um, so she started at Trail A. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> okay, well, I'm I started working at like Wolfgang Puck and Patina, mm-hmm. um, while I was in culinary school. Uh, they had like these things for students essentially, and it was like you go to these really giant kitchens and you do bitch work. Yeah. And it was like here's ten cases of lettuce. Yeah. Wash it. Or it's like um sure. Or they'll be like go and sweep out the walk-in. Okay, well the walk-in's like as big as this house is, yeah. right? Great. I sweep it. I come back. Mm, we're still not busy. Go sweep out the walk-in. Like, I just swept it. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go do it again. It's fine. And it would just be like eight-hour shifts like this. Yeah. And that would be like, you know, that would be us learning how to be in a kitchen. And But it was so amazing because I had never had a job before. And I was 21 years old and okay. never worked any, a day in my life. My parents were like, go to culinary school. You're going to be home in like six months and you're going to be like, all right, I'm ready to become a journalist now. <laughs> and I was, was like, that, was that that's what I went move? to Cal State Fullerton for, okay. was journalism and mainly photojournalism with like, because I wanted to be a food writer. It was my okay. backup plan because I don't know. I'd never worked before. Can I do this for a living? I don't know. So I was like, I'll just be a food writer afterwards. And I know like I like food and I can actually understand it. And even if I go to culinary school and just learn the basics, I can still fall back on this. There you go. And I love to write. So you it makes sense. You had your column. You yeah. had your column already. It was great. I already had the name. It was great. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, no. So I started working there and one of the sous chefs really liked me. And her um, fiance was had just taken over this small boutique catering company, mm-hmm. and needed like reliable, good hands because he was doing like an overhaul of the company and blah blah blah. And so I went in and auditioned and did good. I staged and I, you know I like did like six hours of cleaning kale, and they liked go. me and I started working there like full time. And it was like oh my gosh, I was driving from Diamond Bar. <laughs> to Pasadena to go to school at 7 a.m. And then from Pasadena, I was driving to Inglewood, which is where our kitchen was. And then from Inglewood, I was driving to Diamond Bar. And then I was doing it all over again every day. It was so insane. I can't believe I did that for like a year before I moved out from like Diamond Bar sometimes. But they loved me. They needed people. So I kept hounding him to come and work and help us on events and stuff. And he was like, nah. I just worked like 10 years of my life for the Navy. I'm going to take some time off. I don't need work. So for like a year, he just hung out with me, but didn't uh, like school and never like worked. And then really? he joined. Came, yeah, yeah. And then he joined back in and had to work like a normal person. God damn it. Damn GI Bill runs out. Huh? <laughs> exactly. Well, I didn't know that about you. I didn't know you were in the Navy until yeah. you posted that picture on. He said, he's like, hey, uh, to our veteran, yeah. you know, cook out here. You know, circling God knows where, uh, you know, in the South yeah. Pacific and, and undisclosed areas elsewhere. Yeah, I served on uh, two submarines. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, 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 I did it. It was, it taught me everything that I needed to know to be able to be a successful chef on the outside. On dry land. On, yeah. On, with, <laughs> the only thing it didn't teach me was obviously the, like, the finesse and the good quality products that you would use at some of these amazing restaurants. Mm-hmm. But you're, you're telling me they don't have fine, fresh produce on a submarine? <laughs> no truffles? No, no tr- truffles, right? No truffles. But time management, oh, yeah. um, how to, um, culinary math, recipe writing, um, bookkeeping, uh, the, you know, the business side of it, uh-huh. they, 
I mean, they just drilled into me. Really? And, um, you know, running kitchens, obviously. And uh, it was it was incredible. They taught me a lot. But when it was time to go, I was over it, you know? Yeah. I was ten, like, ten years? Ten years, three months, 18 days, bro. Jesus Christ. Now, the, minute, the, like yeah. A, like a, the first eight years were a blast. Yeah. The last three were absolutely brutal. Like, I hated getting up to go to work. And um, I tell everybody when I, when I was getting ready to get out, uh, <clears throat> I was what's known as a E6. So mm-hmm. it's a, that's, that's my rank. And uh, I had gotten that early in my career. For, for being a cook, that was early, mm-hmm. uh, that pay grade. And then I was already up for, for my next pay grade, which is E7. And they, they literally called me a fool. They called me an idiot. Um, yeah. Um, my fellow co-workers, some of my fellow sailors that were, had been in as long as I had, um, they were like, dude, you're over 10. Like, it's all downhill. Like, nine years you retired, you know? And uh, my goal was never to retire. My goal was to just achieve a certain position and a certain level of knowledge mm-hmm. and then get out. It was always meant to be a stepping stone for me. Okay. And once I got there... And I, I got to where I felt like I had been successful and I had the awards and all that stuff. I wanted gone, you know. And I got out and I started culinary school. Uh, I flew home on a Thursday evening. I started culinary school Monday morning. Holy shit. What, what, what made you want to go to culinary school after <clears throat> being on a ship for um, cooking for I, I just, like, I, I was good at it. Yeah. And was, he had already gone to culinary school in Hawaii. Yeah. They, 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 they okay, okay. Yeah, that sent me to culinary school in Hawaii because I was doing well. Uh-huh. So while the ship or the submarine was uh, in dry dock, like out of the water, yeah. they sent me to culinary school. Um, and I just had a knack for it. I dug it. I've, I always, even though I was in the Navy, in, in, in the military, I was never a military person. Mm. The, the submarine forces was always very laid back, was always very, um, it was driven by your level of knowledge, not necessarily always your rank. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just... You know, I dug that, but I had achieved, like I said, what I wanted to. So I got out, started school on a Monday, um, and then um, took like a year off, you know, mm-hmm. and then went back to work and I was at Trail A. And then eventually she and I became, I became the exec chef there and Trudy became the chef, the cuisine there. And then. What, what, how was that in rank? What, what is that? Exec he was chef? higher. Exec chef. <laughs> That's all that matters. Exec chef I, runs the I brought him in, but yeah. he was higher. Uh, I felt like you were going to stick some polenta in my throat. And just <laughs> straight so, to the forehead. A, a chef de cuisine is is number two, and the exec is is obviously overall in charge. Uh-huh. Um, but I also had like tons of like just experience. So that, yeah, ten uh, years more experience. Yeah. I need to go into a whole other culinary school, and I'd only been doing it for since I was twenty one, and it's like. What did we all, but I mean, we, I was, we but were she like, became the exec there after I left. Oh. So she was fast tracked too. She was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. By no means was she like left in the dust. No, nobody thinks that, but I'm just yeah. saying like, it was just, <laughs> it was just, he wanted to know what the ranking yeah. was. And he was on top. Yeah. Dinner's getting uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, then while we were there, we were working for um, John Shook and Vinny Dotolo from Animal, mm-hmm. um, the celebrity mm-hmm. chefs. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were we were working events for them. I I got to uh, go to uh, I got flown out with them to do uh, a Sundance in Utah, and I got to travel with them. Um, and then eventually, they asked me to come over and be their chef de cuisine and run catering for them. Oh shit! So I got to um, move over to Animal, and I was running what at first it was called Animal Catering. Uh, well, I'm sorry, it was always uh, Caramelized Productions, but it, or everyone knew it as Animal. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then it just, I mean, that thing blew up, man. That thing was a beast. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was, we were all over the place. We were going all over the country. We were doing every award show, every big, if it was big in LA, we were a part of it. It was really cool. No way. Mm-hmm. And then, um, we were at the same time, uh, we met Josiah Citrin, the Michelin chef, um, mm-hmm. who owns Melise and Charcoal. Oh yeah. Virgin on Charcoal, the West side. Sure, yeah. And we started working with him and. You know, uh, in fact, to this day, like if he calls, he'll call everyone so while asking mm-hmm. for help. So we'll go over to, to his uh, to his events and help him out. You know, no way. I've always wanted to because <clears throat> you know I'm I'm fascinated by the food scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've I've probably you know I'm one of those freaking Anthony Bourdain freaking jerk converts. You know, mm-hmm. like just became a follower that kind of. Mm-hmm. Thing deal and, and the explanation of being like a hired gun to just go out in these events and just being called upon like uh-huh. you know stealing other people's sous chefs and stuff like that it hap- well it happens <clears throat> all the time mm-hmm. at that at that level with these chefs um they don't put ads out no you know if they need a cook a dishwasher yeah. a junior sous they'll put in that out if they need someone that is a chef de cuisine an exec or there you go you know they're, they're not putting they're not putting ads out you know, people already know about them. Or if you don't know them, you know, they might walk in and say, hey, I worked for so-and-so. And then it's like, okay, cool. Uh-huh. You know, so it's just people are calling each other and saying, hey, man, you worked for for Ludo or they worked for this chef or that chef. And then, you know. It's like, that's your in, huh? Yeah. But that can, you know, it's a double-edged sword, right? Right. You Then you got to perform too, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's a very, it's a... Small group of chefs at that level. Uh huh. You know, do they? Is it like? Is it like dick pics? Do they slide in the DMs? They're just like, hey, what's up? <laughs> so you know, you know who I am. Yeah, I'm over here. What's his name? I, they, not saying that he sent a dick pic or nothing, but there was that one guy from the French Laundry that has a. Uh, Thomas Keller. Th- yeah. Right. Is that him? Yeah. Yeah. Came down here. Somebody else told me he's like I was like I want to go to the French Laundry and they're like yeah they did a here with him he's he did a pop up oh, Animal no yeah he did a pop up in Animal but he he's talking about I can't remember his name he owns uh, Odium he oh Timothy Odium. Hollingsworth yeah Timothy yeah. Hollingsworth Tim Hollingsworth yeah that's his name yeah, yeah Odium's great uh, we went like opening week and we knew uh, one of the uh, the chicks that started their pasta program and kind of like implemented it and stuff like that and she was amazing she came from uh from john and Vinny's, which is also like an animal break off so like you know as we get keep going like it gets smaller and smaller and that's like in any industry and it's just like it's so much fun to be able to go and actually be like wow like we've built a rapport over a very short period of time i feel like and without really um making our mark yet like i feel like there's so much ready it's still on the horizon coming up in this new decade that's coming around the corner um that we're just we're just starting to make a mark and we have so much that we want to prove still and so much that we want to share and it's just something that like is so close to our hearts because i mean we've been cooking together for 10 years now and we talked one day about having a catering company 10 years ago like like random like over beers kind of talk like mm-hmm. we are good together we could have a <laughs> catering company <laughs> and we're we like, were like yeah. yeah and then like you know it 
just so happened that we were both, you know, tired of the grind, tired of working for the man, tired of just like having to keep grinding as hard as we were grinding and not being able to be like, I'm grinding for me. Yeah. That, that's the one thing. Every uh, stripper, everyone. You know, nothing, nothing is always rosy and shiny, right? Completely. Yeah. Um, a lot of the youngsters that ever work at these at these big name restaurants, mm-hmm. the pay isn't always the greatest, man. And a it's lot not. When you go in, it's... No. You're, you're, you're making, going in for the chance to be able to put that name on your resume. Exactly. In the and they know that, right? They know oh, that. Absolutely. Oh. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I mean, but they did it as well. And like, that's the grind. And that's like something that is really difficult for people to um, remember that talent is amazing and connections are everything but sometimes even with connections if you're not putting in all that time that's necessary to learn it like it's so much more difficult for people to expect you to perform at a certain degree as well Mm -hmm. because just because you know them doesn't mean that you can actually come through but it helps to be able to say like Absolutely. You know, you know that person. Maybe, oh, yeah. You know, Absolutely. Because it's gotten Absolutely. us a lot of gigs. It's definitely gotten us in the door, you know, where we can say, hey, we, we've we done this and this and this with these people. So we have that pedigree. Now we can move on and, and show them that, you know, we know, like, not, not only did we work for them, we learned from them, and then we blended it with our knowledge and our style of cooking, and now yeah. our food is just as badass as theirs, you know? Right, because at the end of the day, I mean, you have all these dishes, but you're going to want to try whoever, whoever you know, came from the dope lineage first. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is that person. Absolutely. Yeah. I, the only thing I could relate it to is, like, just what I see when you go to a beer festival and you see, like, the one-tenth of the beer that's blowing up that everybody's waiting in line for. Mm-hmm. And you're like, there's, like, 60 other fucking tents with similar beers. Why are you going down that route? It's like, that's where everybody wants to fucking drink, dude. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah, they follow And it's up lineage. to those little smaller tents mm-hmm. to prove to them that they're just as good. Right. And, and the ones that it. do the best are the ones that train there at that hype spot. Yeah. And like, oh, why, yeah. why wait in line? That dude used to train there. He's making the same shit over here. Yeah. And, and you guy. know what? Six, seven, seven out of those ten times, those other smaller tents are just as good. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. Just as good. Or better in your case. Yeah. Ah. We're talking about Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> Holy shit. Or this, man. This right here. That's ridiculous. That's one that. of the best things I've ever eaten. That's really the worst thing for a hey. fucking podcast. It's good food. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I like talking. <laughs> not so much when I'm eating. That's all right. Mm-hmm. There's no rules to this podcast. <laughs> That's what's cool. That's cool about podcasts. Just chill talk. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. That's why we weren't really stressing about it, I feel like. No, oh, well, good. You shouldn't. This is the same, it's the same shit we'd be talking about, like, yeah. at Sarah's. On, at Sarah's. <laughs> yeah. On the street. That's funny, huh? Yeah. Talk about, like, standing around the cooler, right? Literally. Like, that's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. I, you know, I hate talking to so many people there, because people are coming in for, like, legitimate Yeah. Things. And sometimes you Chips. feel bad, right? Yeah. Yeah, especially if you're having a beer, too. Yeah. Not that, not that. You Anybody can. would. Not that you can or <laughs> no. right. allow it. Yeah, <laughs> allegedly you could be having that there. Mm-hmm. Mental beers. Makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm. God damn. That was good, huh? Shuck, man. It makes me want to shuck. <laughs> mm-hmm. right. Well, that was delicious. Good. <laughs> I'm glad. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, oh, guys. I'm so glad. So you... 
the East Side Eats thing, you guys also do like catered meals, like meals, meal prep. Yeah, we do. Um, we do a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Like we're a catering house and until we really can get into that groove, like we are mostly open to doing anything that revolves yes. around food. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we open our home and we do pop-ups and we, um, we do weekly meal prep drop-offs, uh, ready to heat, completely cooked, fresh made meals, never frozen. Um, all of our produce comes like from local places. All of our meats come from local places. Um, it's all sustainable and it's all like really nice. Uh, we try to kind of give you a little bit better than what you would do for yourself, essentially, if you were meal prepping for the week. And so we, you know, we make new menus every week and we send them out to our clients and then they pick what they would like for the next week and how many of each. And we've actually started doing this new thing where we're going to be doing menu Fridays, which is on our Instagram, and we're going to post up what we're going to be um, making for the next week. So if there's anybody out there that's actually thinking about it and doesn't know the kind of foods that we're going to be serving, because usually we just post pictures on Meal Prep Mondays, which is the finished product. Okay. So um, people can't really get in on it. So we're going to try a new thing and see if – because we get a lot of inquiries, but then people are like, well, what do you guys serve? So now we're going to be able to be like, check out the Instagram and see the past menus and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. That makes sense. That makes and, sense. And that's what worked. we kind of think about it, you know? And it's worked. We've only posted it once, and we gained one new client from that. Oh, there you go. You know? There you go. So Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So we're super excited, you know? And we also do um, we do farmer's markets, but not as often anymore because it's getting colder. That's right. And that's because right. of the holidays, a lot of people, um, you know, they kind of they um, pull back on spending because they're spending on gifts and on family travel and yeah. things like that. So. Instead of kind of having to sit in the very, very cold weather, uh, we've opted out for the season, and we'll probably end up going back, like, in the spring or early summer. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, we do corporate drop-offs for holiday parties or, like, lunches and stuff like that. So we do a lot of corporate stuff in downtown. And then we also do full-on catering where we go into the homes. Like, we're going in, uh, we're doing, like, a 16-person party on Sunday night, and we're going to be doing, like, a small bites buffet with, like, Classic mini burgers, barbecue mini sliders, and then we're going to be doing um, um, a smoked salmon salad in little bib lettuce cups, and then we're going to be doing lamb lollipops, and then uh, chicken cacciatore and stuff like that. So super, like, fun, flavorful foods, and then they're just going to be doing, like, a dinner party. So we'll be there in, like, Mar Vista oh, <laughs> doing shit. a party. Mar Vista. I'm going to so. show up, pretend to be part of the family. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, going, it's right. a pajama we'll like, party. So <laughs> oh, I got pajamas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Excellent. Either that or we'll bring an extra chef coat and be like, this is a new cook. What do you mean? It's fine. <laughs> what do you do if you chop off all your fingers? <laughs> yeah, call 911 always. Easy, bro. Yeah. We tell all the cooks, we drop you off at the alley and you got to fend for yourself. Oh, jeez. There you you go. get dragged to the wow. alley and then that's it. Very cool. We disavow all knowledge of ever knowing you. Yeah, it sounds about right. <laughs> Shred all your paperwork. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Never here. Yeah, it's okay. The paperwork was false anyways. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was like Rigoberto like, from Nicaragua. <laughs> you know? it was like, Don't worry. The, the identity is false too. That's cool, man. That's yeah. cool going into people's homes and, 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 and cooking meals for them there. You, I know you probably can't talk about it, but you cook. Thanksgiving for yeah. somebody real famous? Yeah, um, a celebrity. Um, you know, we mm-hmm. it was like our second time doing an event with for that person. Yeah, we can't really talk about it, but it was yeah. a lot of fun. It was for 60 people, Thanksgiving 60 meal. People. And yeah. um, it they was, were. It was both of you? Oh, yeah, for yeah. something like that, we, 
plus another seven, seven yes. people. Yeah. Or plus another five crew. people. Yeah. Five. Yeah, and that's just the cooks. They we had probably maybe oh. another ten or twelve servers. Wow. So yeah, I mean it, it was a big, big event in that respect. How did they contact you? Um, they, they had our somebody attached to the to the family had our food, and they really liked it. So they um, asked us to do a tasting for them, mm-hmm. and we ended up doing um, an event for two almost three hundred people for them um, for a birthday party, uh-huh. and they really dug it. So they asked us to come back and and do a um, and do their Thanksgiving. Me, yeah, and uh, it was incredible. It was, it, it feels good because, I mean, that's exactly what we want to be doing, you know. Yeah, those events was like a lister, big Hollywood events that like just put you on the map. Did it? Did it feel like that? No, no. no. It just felt like cooking for a family. Yeah, yeah. They were easy going. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. I bet. I bet. Super stressful when you're cooking food for. I somebody mean, it was really just, it was Thanksgiving Day. Yeah, it was raining. Yeah. We were cooking outside under a tent oh, that's shit. not enclosed because really? you have open fire, so you can't enclose a tent. Yeah. So I've got rain pouring down, and it's, like, so cold. And then The in food order, can't stay hot. The food wasn't staying oh, hot enough, shit. and I'm fighting ovens, and it was just, like, it was a... And we had four fryers going because we were doing fried chicken for 60 people, oh. and it's, like, too, we don't ever cook our chicken ahead of time. It's always brined at the kitchen, then we take it. And then we set up an entire breading station there. And I've got people fresh breading chicken and then throwing it into a fryer on site. But I've got rain coming in. Oh. And it's like, I've got open fryer of like 40 pounds. I've got 120 pounds of grease sitting there with like water coming. And I'm just like, oh, oh my gosh. It was just so stressful. And I was just like, let's just get... Th-. And I mean, they loved it. Of course, they don't see any of that. They just see, you know, the food coming out on time and the food getting refilled on time. And they had 26 dishes on this buffet. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. We did the same turkey, the turkey relies that you guys had. Oh, yeah. Yes. So actually the... Uh, Best turkey I've ever had. Dude, the, the Friendsgiving dude. was like, the, was huge. It was our soft run. Yeah, exactly. For this Thanksgiving dinner. Because yeah. we did a lot of the yeah. same yeah. dishes. And then we doubled it because they had to have an entire vegan menu as well. So we had to cook for 120 people essentially for a 60 person event. And it was just so much food. And it was just so cold. <laughs> but it was so... I mean, we had a blast because... I mean, we were together on Thanksgiving. Yeah. We were doing exactly what we would always want to do is just cook anyways. Mm-hmm. And we had a team of amazing people who were willing to sacrifice their Thanksgiving with family oh, to be man. there with us in the rain, all like triple, quadruple layered while we're just frying chicken and sending out good food. And it was yeah. just like a lot of fun, but it was just also a lo- really a crazy. And people, you know, we're bringing an entire restaurant experience to your home. And everything so is like, being done fresh. Like we're cooking the turkeys there. It's uh-huh. not like... We show up with like hot boxes full of like pre cooked food right. and then just warming them in the oven and handing them out. Like everything, like we have a 22 pound turkey in the oven going and it's just like, it's a lot of stress. For how for sure. long? How long does a turkey well, go for 22, we, um, 22 pounds? We, we started that, the full bird, we started mm-hmm. at the kitchen because yeah, okay. we yeah, had you to. just can't, you can't. Yeah, what is yeah. Like, yeah. like it? Was, it was in there for all said, probably maybe four and a half hours. Four and a half hours. Yeah, for the full bird. The roulades uh-huh. take an hour or less. 
Huh. Which are the big like mm-hmm. the, the rolls mm-hmm. that you guys saw? Yeah, those were the best. The deboned. Yeah, yeah, yeah deboned yeah, yeah. turkey. For some reason, like even like the full bird, I can't I can't do the full bird no more. Like, it's also that's... so much harder, and you get so much more waste. I feel like because you're yeah. just serving shreds at the end because mm-hmm. you're so close to the bone and you can't. And this way, it's like I'm just slicing it right down. And there if you, you want to really fight over the bone, there's a turkey leg right there. There's Enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. And then shred it up, and I mean, either way, I'm gonna put a bunch of gravy in it. Yeah. yeah. Like, exactly. Uh, what's the point? Exactly. Yeah. Wow. Damn, that's it's harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> it's it's a lot of work. It really is, but I mean, we surround. We're fortunate enough to be able to draw from <clears throat> from a pool of of talent. That's what we call them. We call them. We don't even call them cooks. Mm-hmm. They're talent. You know, from a pool of talent. You know that these guys and these girls are just incredible, and they love food as much as we do. So, and we're friends, mm-hmm. so we can say, "Hey, man, like we have this event. Like, please, can you?" work it with us and yeah. you know if they're not already scheduled with somebody everyone always says yeah man let's go that's so cool yeah it, it, it's really nice to have that network of people and I will say a little shout out to LA Trade Tech we uh, we have a great relationship with their chef over there uh-huh. and uh, or their chefs I should say and we use their people we use their students God for damn. events and we've, we've used them twice uh-huh and they've been incredible. They're good go, kids. Go man. in there and clean my walk-in. No, 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 no. We don't do that. No, we ha- we actually have them like. Clothes. Oh, there were the ones frying chicken. There oh, were the ones oh, frying yeah. Brussels sprouts. Like, wow. Yeah, we got to that last event and we're like, all right, you guys are gonna cook and it's gonna get hot and heavy. Oh, Just so you guys know, it's not a field trip, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. and they rocked it out, man. Oh, that's great. And it was man. like their first like event like that with a celebrity status there mm-hmm. type of thing. That was so close and. Jose made sure to be like, you guys want to go check out the buffet and like go walk through? And they're like, I just saw such and such. I was like, cool, bro. Good for you. Damn. Like, that's great. It's like, good that it's such a group effort, but do you think it was a very independent day? What do you mean? Uh, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Just kidding. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nugget. Yeah, yeah. right? Yeah. There you go. But, uh, it was... It was uh, that's great. Yeah. We, we've been... Super fortunate. We've been around for two years now, right? Two years. Yeah, yeah two years. Yeah. Two years is the official East Side. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah. And much longer independently doing it. Absolutely. Yeah. And we're like in the process of like rebranding a lot of our like different areas because I feel like East Side Eats is just so like umbrella like. Too broad, yeah. Yeah, okay. it's so broad. So we're like trying to break it down into like little entities like meal prep will be its like own thing and it's yeah. going to have its own name and own emblem and it's going to be just us and stuff like that. So we're like in the process of working on it and getting it to where it needs to be. So we'll see. I think 2020 is going to be a lot of fun though. 2020 is right around the corner, man. It's going to be so crazy. It's start. scary, right? How is it's already it? 2020. It's there. It's, it's there. Like, oh, it's, I mean, man. it might as well be here now. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. yeah. I, mean, you know, I remember, I remember solidly 2008. I remember writing that. I remember writing 2008 in like fucking college or some shit. Yeah, yeah, in college. You know what Community I remember? Community college, but it was, it was college. In, in the, big thing is, the big thing that I remember, we were talking about this about a month ago, was uh, the Y2K bug. Oh, yeah. Where yeah. everybody was losing their mind. It's like, oh, oh my God, dude. all the computers are going to wreck. Yeah. They're going to crash. We're going to be back in the Stone Age. My Mexican uncle was talking shit like that. Todos vamos a morir. Everybody, he was like... How do you know that? Primer impacto. It was always like Spanish TV. <laughs> Spanish TV does not care about your feelings. No. They don't. They don't say trigger warning. No. They're just like, guess what? We're gonna die. It's soon. so crazy how that is in other I countries. Hope you're ready. Where it's like, <laughs> this guy not. died. It's mm-hmm. just this is it. In yeah. LA, it's like, 
Um, please walk away from your televisions if you don't think uh-huh. you can handle this. <laughs> there are everybody earmuffs. If earmuffs, you, everybody. <laughs> if you have small children, please get them out of the room. Sensitive topic. <laughs> Spanish TV is like, your kids are going to die. Yeah. <laughs> Those kids that are next to you, done. Done. <laughs> Guess what? Yeah. It's so brutal, man. Yeah, Y2K, nothing happened. Yeah. It just came and went. People bought a lot of toilet paper. Yeah. And that was it. Costco had a giant spike that year in like sales all across the world. Yeah, but yeah. That's, it just blows my mind that that's 20 years ago. You know, that's uh, 20 years ago. It's insane. Yeah, that's kind of... Yeah? That made me feel sad a little bit right yeah, now. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, oh, okay. Damn, downer, bro. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah, that was 20 years ago. It's hard to look back on that. And we, hey, but who knows, man? Yeah. I, I, I got a 401k now, so hey. <laughs> Take that to your Y2k. Yeah, there right? You go. Yeah, leveling up, man. Leveling Hell yeah. Up. Yeah, it's absolutely it's crazy. It's you crazy. Know? But so then the next year is just gonna be going hard. Yeah, we we are, man. We everything's looking great. Everything's moving in the right direction. Um it, it's it's the best time to be a, a chef, you know. Oh yeah. And it's the best time to be cooking in LA. I mean, I I don't think New York has anything on LA right now for the first time. And it's been like that for a number of years now, you know. Uh-huh. Where I truly believe New, LA leads. New York is old school. They still have they have some new school stuff, but for it's still like super old school white table or white tablecloth fine dining. You know, mm-hmm. L.A. has always just been like, screw you, man. We're doing it our way, and our food's just as good. It's just as beautiful, mm-hmm. and you know, it's leading the way and you know, doing it. I mean, you could go to a Michelin restaurant here with flip flops, yeah, lot, you know, some board shorts and and have a dinner. Can can you? You shouldn't. You should. Probably you should. Hell you yeah. Probably should, should not though. Yeah. I would not I, recommend that. Why not? Dude, I don't even like frowned upon. I don't like. I don't like sweats outside the house. I don't even wear sweats in the house. Is that how you want to present yourself to society? That's what I'm saying, dude. That's I lived in saying. Hawaii for ten years, bro. I could go anywhere in flip flops. I don't care. Yeah. My yeah. my everybody you don't around live me in like Hawaii now. Won't, won't let me leave the house, but I'm cool. I'm down. Hawaiians nowhere are cheering for you. <laughs> Hawaiians are a little upset right now. Because yeah, he's like, you can only do that here, not the mainland. Like, nah, bro. Nah. Yeah, they come here, they put on a fucking full suit, and, and they're ready to fucking They're like, make we're here on the mainland now. Mm-hmm. So are you. Yeah, they run, man. They're like, Pokey what? <laughs> Pokey. That's tough. That's a tough game. I believe it that LA is definitely the mecca for all things food. I feel like I can, you know, throw a freaking frisbee and and a phenomenal chef yeah. is going to get hit in the debt. In you know, I say that all the time. Just throw a rock. You'll hit a chef in LA. The chef. It makes sense, right? It's Absolutely. A lot of but because of that, the, the, it's also the, brought out the a lot of the best in a lot of people. Like, and it's also like pushing people exactly. to like see what they can actually do. You feel that? Do you guys feel that? Like as the chefs, like you just. Oh yeah. You guys are being pushed. Absolutely, because you're competing with so many people who also have a passion for this right now and. Up until now, like, um, cooking was great and it was like acclaimed, but it wasn't like an aspiration for a lot of people. It was something that you fell into because, well, it's here. People got to eat, you know, now it's like, I can be the best of my, like, I can bring light to the, my people and show their struggle through food. And I can show that through what I can create. And it's like so amazing. Like, I love 
when we make fusion food between like his like Latin heritage and my Indian side, like it's so much fun coming up with a way to incorporate flavors because both of us want to be like, well, my side's better. And he's like, no, my side's better. And it's like, together and then though. We fight. And then- <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. But, but then yeah, we come I, to compromises. I would need your help. I would need your help with the Indian food. I've often I've I've said this in the past because if it comes up I, I I'm gonna you're gonna bring me bring it up and you're probably gonna hit me again or something like that whatever but no. I had said it was like as like um so everything is not for everybody and I was like you know like I don't like Indian food but you know a billion people call it dinner every night absolutely no it's totally but it's true like not talking smack I just I've never I've never no that's totally fine food. I've I've had like. I've had the chicken. <laughs> Absolutely. And I've had a very skewed perception of Indian food as well because my parents growing up, I mean, and to this day, my parents don't eat meat. They don't eat onions. They don't eat garlic. They don't have alcohol. They don't do any of that stuff. So, like, I had a very, very small perception of Indian food growing up. And so even now, like, I'm constantly learning how to make better Indian food, how to add more flavors, how to, like, kind of build it. Mm. And, like, I'm going to India in January because I'm literally just going to eat for 15 days. Still come back 10 pounds lighter probably because I'll probably get malaria. (laughs) But it's fine. (laughs) I'll take it. I'll probably get a tapeworm somewhere along the way. It's fine. Hey, dude, that's a diet, man. I have cousins that actually got, like, tapeworms from other cousins and stuff like that. No, like, they bought... They buy them. They buy them? You buy them. You just flush them out, and then you have to drink some Single. It's a single-cell organism, and it just lives in there. Oh, yeah. I know. I've been joking about getting a tapeworm for for 10 years. years. I've been joking Joking? about it. I know so much. Okay. I've always been the fat kid. I will take it. I I will take it. You can name the motherfucker. Like, little, like, pickled onions, dude. Oh, my And they're, like, swimming around in there? They're not swimming. They're, like, these, they look like beans. They look like beans or whatever and then they, they grow inside you when you eat when you, they eat all you your shit pop but, them in but they eat all the they eat all the nutrients they don't eat the well, fat well that's why you get sick i mean that's, that's why, why you, get, you you get emaciated essentially and you just become like so that your, your family members take it so they can lose so, weight yeah they try but they're still fat as fuck i shouldn't say that because i love them as human beings and, and they don't listen to this so it's okay tell them the 30 rule <laughs> Tell them the rule of no, 30. What's the rule of no, 30? Tell them the rule of 30. No, that's it. We're already this, this fun. What's 30? Tell, I, uh, the I'll, year before I turned I'll, 30, I'll check, I, I lost the gonna 50 me. pounds. But you're, the year I'm 31, going I'm to be 32 in I'm April. Be 32 in February. Nice. So, yeah, right before I turned 30, I lost like 50 pounds. It happens. Tell them why, though. Tell them why, <laughs> Chef. Tell them why. I said, <laughs> he told me this for 10 years. He's been telling me this since 20. <laughs> since I, I've known him for, yeah. So about oh. since I was like 20, right before I turned 21, I met him. So yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. I only said it jokingly over uh, and over and over and over and over. Years. But I said, I was like, dude, you know what? When you, when you meet a, a little Chicana girl, a Latina, I'm like, they're always hot as fuck. They got great little bodies and they're curvy as fuck. But then you, you, you know, you marry them or you live with them, whatever mm-hmm. the case is. And then you wake up one day on their 30th up. birthday. And it's like, you know, they wake up Mm-mm. and they put, 29, or, I'm sorry, they go to bed on the eve of their 30th birthday. Right. So they're 29. Right. They wake up, they put a leg on the floor and it's like, 
<laughs> and then they put another leg out on the floor. It's like, <laughs> and it's like they pulled the ripcord, bro. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, what the like, fuck like, happened? You were like a size like not twenty nine. Dang. Yes, dude. Like bro. you're you're like you know you're like eight hundred pounds. You know. Yeah. So it was always get big. <laughs> Get big. Some, some this comedian. is gonna get cut. I hope. <laughs> oh, oh no! 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 This is the best part of the show. Some comedian said that. So I was very like, scared. I was very scared. But you dropped. Bro. I I I did because I was fifty pounds fatter than I am now. So fifty pounds. Fifty Dude, pounds. So hell. I like looked at it. We, we had gone on vacation and yeah, I saw we a picture of myself and I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And I was like, nope. That's it. Cutting out alcohol. We're doing everything. And then that was it. And oh, I just like geez, dropped. I'm sorry. So, I'm no, sorry. no. I, I drink now. But like even mm-hmm. now, like for a while there, like, I mean, we're in the kitchen. Like you drink constantly. Like really? now it's like now I just drink when I'm with people. And we're just hanging out and like actually having something to drink about. Like yeah. that type of thing. And it's like you just have to learn boundaries. And that also came with growing up. And that I hit 30 and I think it was time to grow up a little bit. So there you go. Happy, man. Having with some. Some dropping weight. Yeah. I gotta do that too. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were looking at something. I thought there was something. Oh. Back I was there. like, "What is it? What is this it's on a fire? Tape. <laughs> it might be. I got a. I got somebody. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's you know, so I've always, funny. I've always. You know what's really sad is I've, I've always said like that freaking the running path right here around the cemetery. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it doesn't produce anybody that loses any weight. It just I've seen the same fucking. I used to the do same that. Fucking gordos for the past fucking twenty years just running. And the veteranos, the old veteranos. (laughs) (laughs) I used to do that walk from here to there and then back. And I would be like, I swear I saw this person. Like, I see them. I still see them when I drive up. I can still see them. It's like, what is happening? Zero people lose zero pounds. It's so hard, man. But they have like a plaque. You know what? In -hmm. in our reality, the problem with that is uh, our diet. You know, um, uh, Latino diets, Mexican diets, wherever, Guatemala, Salvador, whatever, wherever it is that your family's from, are, were based, are really heavy meals for campesinos, for people that were out in the field, mm-hmm. were working, were, were working the land, you know? Yeah, yeah. So they were very like, hey, you know, you're going you're gonna to probably eat maybe once or twice all day before you get home. So whatever it is that you eat has to sustain you, you know? And it worked, you know? It worked amazingly well. The problem is, we don't do that anymore. No. You, you know, you can't wake up in the morning and have a fucking tamal and a champurrado yeah. mm-hmm. and go about your day to freaking work at the cubicle. That's like, not exactly. to say that we didn't do that last week. And we then, did that last week. <laughs> yeah. Last week, too. Well, they made when champurrado it was, for it was us. Like the fucking Virgen de Guadalupe's birthday, I fucking, they were giving them away like they're hotcakes. Like yes. They're free that day. Dude, we, uh, nobody talks I, about I bought some and I took it to the kitchen and, it's, and it was this bag. This huge bag of the powder, right? Uh-huh. And it said mix with one quart of water or milk. And I was like, how in the hell? It was like spackle. I'm like, this is so, so much powder. It's going to like, it doesn't make sense. Uh-huh. We ended up making, I guess people drink it like that, you know? And it was, just, it was like gravy thick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We ended up making almost a half, maybe a little bit uh-huh. over a half gallon. Yeah, but we ended up turning it into a. Oh, yeah. I made Indian chai with mint and and ginger, and then we added the champurado in it for the uh, the milk part of it to make it. Fatter. And we made like chai with champ. Oh, it was so yeah, good. It was, it was really like good. a. It was like a dirty champurado. That's 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 see that's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> it was a lot of fun. I could do that. I could do that because it was just so intense by itself. I was yeah, like, no, I need like, like caffeine or something. The, you would. It would be. I would thin it out. And I'd drink a little bit, I'd set it down, walk away, come back, do something. And like, it was thick again. Like, we, dude, we threw almost, 
a half we threw a quart of milk and like another quart of water into it. And that thing still kept thickening and thickening. Yeah. It was ridiculous. It's a lot well, of you know, it's, it's, it's probably like the... Sugar. You know, hey, you, well, you don't have that much money. Here's a little pack. It's yeah, like, It'll get exactly. you through the fucking yeah. weekend. But Absolutely. that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. we, we need to, like, um, like I said, in our, in our seriousness, we need to teach our kids. We yeah. need to, um, you know, just be better. Like, having tacos every day with two tortillas on there yeah. is just is what keeps us... At our current shape, which is round, you know what I'm saying, for the most part. Yeah, and we, yeah. we need to like definitely, like, just evolve a little bit in our in the way we eat. We don't need beans and rice every meal, and tortillas every meal. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. I think you're right. You know, I'd take down four, four or five tortillas yeah. every meal and just get used to it. You know, it's like there, yeah. it's there because they buy like fucking seven packs a weekend. You know, and that yeah. kind of a thing. I get you. I get you. That's why I'm, I'm fighting the funk. I, you know, I go on these bike rides every week now. I'm fucking, That's awesome. Yeah, down to Long Beach and back again. So it's 20 miles. I'm, I'm working up to go to, to go Rosarito to Ensenada, which is 50. I was so, just going to brag that I just walked five miles yesterday, fucking, but never so mind. That's so hard, dude. Five miles is a long... That's you got to be out there I did the Silver while. Lake Reservoir twice around. Bro, and oh, shit. Geez. That's five miles? Yeah, it's two and a half bike if you go once around. That's pretty And big. she walks so... Fast. It's not that fast. It's like a bro. sixteen minute mile. It's not that fast. That is that's pretty fast, fast for, for walking. walking. The average is twenty minutes, right? Yeah, my so, fastest running mile in high school seven minutes was, was not that fast. That's pretty fast. That's not that fast. I can't seven run minute at all. Mile is fast, bro. It's I can't it's run kind of, at all. But that was a fast. Some other kids got like five and a half. That's insane. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah that was. Fast. Yeah, I think the fastest is like what four or something. I think they just Maybe. did four or just shaved under. Four. Yeah, see? Like three and change. But that's, that's insane. Like crazy. That's world record. No, I mean I don't. Yeah. I don't get up there now. I could probably do twelve and a half. You're probably lightly sprinting, <laughs> dude. I'm always. Like, I just walk fast because. I refuse to run, so I'm gonna walk as fast as I possibly can. And, I'm and I have like, like Joe Rogan like smoking weed in my ears, so it's fine. It's like all right. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I took him one time, and he like dropped my average down by like two minutes. Oh, dude, it was. Funny. <laughs> and he was like struggling to keep up, dude. I'm and like, then he also shows chill, up in like hard dude. jeans, yeah, <laughs> and like Converse. Oh, there you go. Yeah, She's like, let's do it again. I was like, I'm down, but like, I need to like get appropriate clothing. Oh yeah, I need clothes, and I need to actually sprint. Because yeah. you're, you're going pretty fast. I get I, you. I get you. I'm going to get like a superhero outfit, the uh, tights. <laughs> I'm not going to wear shorts. And I would like you to just... say that into the mic, though. I'm going to get a superhero outfit. There tights. it is. I'll send but, you the clip. I'll send you the clip. But so the old school luchador one, one with, like, where the chest is all like bare. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know you're doing that in Silver Lake, right? <laughs> Could throw some symbols at it. There's, People there's... are going to love it. Yeah, that guy some... that always like laps me when he's running by, he'll like do a double take. There you go. Every seven years, he comes that man by. Bun. That man bun's going to just do that double take. Dang. I think that's a great place to end it. Sounds uh, great. We did an hour. Thank you uh, for coming on the podcast, Eastside Eats. Uh, where can people find you? Uh, we are on Instagram at Eastside Eats LA. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a website, eastsideeatsla.com. And um, yeah, just you know, DM us, drop us a line. We love to answer questions or you know, even give fun recipes out sometimes. So by all means, say hi. Great. Great. Well, thank you guys. Thank you guys for thank coming you. on. Thank you for, the thank you for having us. Awesome. Absolutely. Peace.